Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Welcome to the show, Fabian Fraser. Hey, thanks for having me. Fabian, great to have you here. Now, you're originally from Toronto, moved out to the East Coast, the foggy East Coast some days, and you're investing in the world of multifamily. But before we dive into those details, maybe give us a little bit of your backstory, how you got to this point in your journey. Well, to say the least, I, my mother and father have been realtors in Durham for about 20 years. So I kind of grew up around that scene of just, you know, buying and selling houses and and I would kind of say my mom was kind of grooming me. So, you know, I want you to take over the family business type of thing. I kind of was into it on and off with them. You know how it is family and business. But um, moreover, I decided to officially get my license and kind of go into the commercial side of real estate. The, the residential was kind of, you know, I didn't want to be showing houses and doing open houses and all that stuff. So the commercial just kind of, just the ease and um dealing with professionals. I kind of like that aspect of it. And then just the, I guess the egotistical part of being able to see, oh, selling a big land development or maybe selling a multifamily building. So those intrigued me. That's how I officially started and got into the real estate aspect. And then, you know, watching people invest and make so much, seeing the potential windfalls that they're getting from investing in these different asset classes intrigued me more into getting into investing but like any typical investor or aspiring investor you know the limitations is always first capital how are you going to get into these bigger deals if you don't have the money you know usually you start with a duplex a triplex maybe refinance and if you have a little money hopefully you'll get into an eightplex and then i you know doing research online and joining a few groups websites like bigger pockets you learn you hear a term that puts the light bulb and brings you into a whole different world and that word well it was three letters was opm other people's money so what's opm so getting into that open up that world of joint venture partnerships gplps and all that comes with that where you don't have to use your own money to doing bigger deals or bigger acquisitions in any type of investment, you just have to learn how to leverage what you don't have, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's resources. So fast forward to today, you've put together a sizable portfolio, but you've done it in a manner that is a little bit non-traditional. And what is intriguing about it is you've broken some rules, but you've done it in a very smart way. So that's what I'd like to dig into today. Okay. I'm one of the first people to say, don't invest in tertiary markets, especially if they are not tied to a really thriving population center. Yes. And you've gone into some markets that are maybe on the verge of violating those rules, but you've found a unique opportunity that seems to defy that conventional wisdom. And maybe you can go into that and see what are the characteristics that you look for that enable some outsized opportunities in places that you might least expect it. Very, very good question, Victor. When I moved to Nova Scotia, coming from that Toronto city mindset, like I was telling you before that I didn't really think that there was anything out here. And 
when I came, I was kind of surprised. Halifax, where I built my portfolio, it reminded me of Toronto 20 years ago, how it's grown. Coming to Halifax, I knew there was an infrastructure issue, but I knew there was huge room for growth just because where you're seeing inflation and the market where it's at right now. Like Toronto is ridiculously expensive. Ottawa is getting expensive where people are going to eventually have to move. Like I've seen that in Toronto. You you commute for work. You, you used to live in the city. It gets too expensive. You go to the suburbs. You go to Pickering. You go to Ajax. Now houses in Oshawa today are going for like a million bucks. If anyone knows Oshawa, who would ever thought you'd see houses going for over a million dollars? In what is essentially a blue collar town in the shadow of some major automotive plants. And, and you would not think that it would attract that kind of valuation. Exactly. So just seeing that trend, when I came to Halifax, I just applied the same metrics. If it gets too expensive in the city, you're going to want to start commuting to work, to, to work. So I said, okay, well, what's an hour? Like an hour is a reasonable drive that someone can manage if they need to. If they want to buy, if they want to get into the market or if they want to rent cheaper, they could do, someone can stomach an hour drive. So I've looked in places, Kentville, Nova Scotia, which is an hour, Windsor, which is 40 minutes, and Truro, which has a, a lot more different uh, benefits other than, you know, the commute to work. It's it's more central to also... So it's a transportation hub for the entire province. Exactly. So just looking at that, applying those metrics, I started to look in those markets. And those markets were the markets where obviously, you know, the further you go out from the city, from these city cores, you should be able to find more cash flowing opportunities than assets that are more you're buying for appreciation, like when you're buying in a major city center, if that makes sense. So what you found was that the core of the city was getting saturated, affordability was becoming an issue, and because these smaller markets simply didn't have that much supply, all of a sudden, a supply-demand imbalance opened up, resulting in some unprecedented rent growth for what would otherwise be tertiary markets. Exactly. Like, if you check, like, places for, like, Churro, Kentville on CMAC's website, the vacancy rates are under 2%, which, you know, if you go further out and certain, like, you know, I, I don't think that was the case five years ago or 10 years ago. Like these places are known to have high vacancy rates. When we find deals, most of these, most of the rents are always all inclusive. They're not plus utilities are always structured because those, when you have rents all inclusive, you know, those are landlords who are trying to rent fast and, you know, less headache, you know, people want to, you know, that's a more, desirable uh, rent for people, right? Seeing all those things, we started to invest in these areas and it's now it's starting to pay off where it's like hitting actually national attention. Um, I was reading an article or and also a, a study by Remax saying Truro is like one of the number one fastest growing cities in, in Canada. And I was like, wow, I never expect that. But that's what's happening in a lot of, a lot of small areas around the country. And if you live in Eastern Canada, if you live in Nova Scotia, that's a name you would recognize. But if you're in the States or if you're even in Western Canada, you certainly wouldn't even recognize the name of that town, let alone make an investment there. Exactly. So it, it really what it comes down to is not focusing on the specifics of that one community, but what are the metrics, what are the 
market conditions that you'll look for to see that same pattern repeat itself all over North America, all over Canada, all over these major centers where affordability has become an issue, especially over the last 24 months. And what are those dynamics and how are those opportunities in the outskirts of those major centers? How are they surfacing? Exactly. Because like, look, there's an exodus happening, right? Look at markets like when you go shift back to Ontario, Windsor, like the Windsor market, the Hamilton market. I'm seeing condos in Hamilton go for almost close to a thousand thousand dollars a square foot like that's that's crazy and that's another blue collar town has a reputation of being a steel works town because that's what it was very much like pittsburgh and some of those steel plants are now gone moved to asia but still it's a very much a working class town it's a bedroom community maybe for toronto as the light rail into toronto has made it more accessible and it's changed the dynamics again yep that definitely has definitely has so there's an advantage looking at these smaller markets but you know you also you have to you have to be a smart investor i'm seeing investors you know they're just does it pay the mortgage okay i'm gonna buy it like there has there has to be proper analysis because even in even the markets i've been investing in those smaller markets there's been people who have been taken advantage of and they're not buying smart. People are noticing what's happening. Landlords are noticing what's happening. They're seeing these big, big shot exact people coming from Ontario, from BC and coming into their markets and coming with big money. If you're not savvy and you don't do a proper analysis when you're looking at, especially multifamily, it's the difference between you know actually finding a good deal and actually losing your shirt, especially when you're already in a, traditionary market like that. Yeah, absolutely. So so give us an example of the type of rent growth that you've been seeing if you compare pre-pandemic to today in some of these smaller tertiary markets. I can see say now that I've been seeing like Kentville for example, you know, historically you're getting rents at around 7 800 900 bucks, 900 bucks for like a three bedroom. Certain tenants haven't even grasped the fact who have been living in their units for so long that what the market rates are, they complain about it. Like, where's our, our rental market gone, right? There's been so much inflation that's happened in the rental market that people who have been out, out of touch for so long, if they, for some reason, have to move out, it's very hard to find something. And you're not going to be paying those prices anymore. So eight to 900 is kind of the historic view fast forward to today where are we at where we're at is we're leasing around 1200 1300 1400 depending on the quality of the unit and that's plus utilities that's not you know all inclusive type uh rents right so that's 40 50 percent rent growth over the span of a couple of years yeah exactly that creates the conditions for investors to look at these markets with a fresh set of eyes and potentially unlock some value that otherwise might have been hidden Definitely, definitely you're unlocking huge value there. But of course, you know, you have to, you have to buy smart. You have to do your proper analysis. And because right now the tide, I I foresee the tide is turning. Rents are are at that trend, but it's not going to stay. I don't see it keep trending upward because, you know, there's only so much people can afford and then you can't get too close to what it, where, where it's going off in the city, right? It has to still be worth the incentive for someone to actually uplift their family and go and do an hour commute or a 
hour sure. and a half commute, right? Sure. So it's going to go up to a certain place and then and then level off, of course. Well, this is an interesting window for folks to pay attention to. I know there's a lot of investors that have been eyeing tertiary markets simply because they perceived as being inexpensive markets. And I've always said stay away from those markets because if they don't have the rent to support, it doesn't matter that the building's cheap. It's not a bargain. But if the rents are there to support the, the investment at a good purchase price, then there's an opportunity for some outsized returns. Well, I love this. So Fabian, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Uh, best way is to uh, search me up on Facebook, um, type in my name, Fabian Fraser. Uh, you can email me at fabian at yadagroup.ca if you want to connect on a personal level through, my, through that email. Fabulous. Well, love the perspective. For the listeners at home, definitely connect with Fabian at fabian at yadagroup.ca or check him out on Facebook. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.